0: Get
1: my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight. Feeling great. We are. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick, less than one-minute review of our supplement, program, and book of the month for August. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few extra minutes going into finer details. So we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for August is our newest premium formulation, Vitamin C Boost. The 10% discount code for the month is lowercase B-O-O-S-T-10. That's BOOST10. It is case sensitive. Our book of the month is The Serpent and the Butterfly, The Seven Laws of Healing by Dr. Ben Reeds. The program of the month is from our friend, the soul-inspired girl, Dr. Laura Foster. The program is called Reclaim Your Voice. And the 15% discount code for our listeners is capital B, capital Y, capital W, capital G. Listen to the end for more specifics. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the program, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes in Apple Podcasts, posted on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. I'm your co-host today, Dr. Mike Akinfora, and I have a fellow New Jerseyan on the phone with me, Dr. David Rendelstein. David, how are you?
2: I am as well as could be expected, Michael. <laughs> I think that's the answer that you hear most often these days, as well as could be expected.
0: And, and, and in New Jersey, I it really, it, it probably mirrors the rest of the country. It just doesn't feel like, feels like we're kind of in lockdown um, but, uh, I thrilled to have you with us today. Let me read you, uh, Dr. Rendelstein's bio, and then we're going to get into this. So Dr. David Rendelstein, DPSC is a leading expert in weight loss field, but more than that, he's a living testimonial to the success of weight loss through lifestyle change. He has lost over 100 pounds in six months using the very system he now uses to help clients lose the weight they've been battling for years. As a trained chiropractor and the owner of Thin Tech, Dr. Rendelstein has extensive experience in helping people finally achieve lasting weight loss and an improved quality of life. Dr. Rendelstein is also the creator of the revolutionary Thin Test, which helps people to identify their barriers to losing weight and keeping it off. David, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Uh, You know, it it is a thrill to be here. I think in this day and age, what's needed more than anything else is understanding uh, and just kindness. And so if we could spread a little of that around, then uh, our time together will have been successful.
0: You know, it's really interesting that you said that because... I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and the only and the only way I, I see us finding our way out of this is understanding and love. Like it, it, we, it just right. we really are. These are extremely unique times in the world, and we need to have a better understanding of what's going on um, in, in our world, and and that's why having you on the show. You know, we talk we see all these memes about uh, I've gained, you know, I've gained uh, 20 pounds during this pandemic. I've gained 30 pounds Mm -hmm. during this pandemic. And, you know, the gyms are closed. uh, People are reaching for whatever's available. And most of the time what is available is not the most healthiest of food choices that they can make. Right. And like yourself, um, I as well lost over a hundred pounds. Mine was over a much greater um, period. But can you give people a little deeper dive into your um, into your bio, into yourself, how you went about doing this, setting up um, setting up uh, ThinTech, and and just talk to us about that?
2: Sure, sure. So I'm someone who struggled with weight loss for most of my life. Uh, you know, uh, up and down many times. Um, and then when I was in my late 20s, I, I thought I had everything licked, right? I became a vegetarian. I was working out. I was running in the park and doing yoga and, you know, just doing everything right. I, I lost a lot of weight. I felt terrific. And at that time, I decided to go to chiropractic school. Well, lo and behold, while I was in chiropractic school, a couple of things happened. One was I had a, a, a rough breakup with somebody, and the other thing was is that uh, there was all the stress of school. School is very stressful. There's always something to be studying for. You're not actually – you're not making any money. You're you know, wondering about your future and what it holds. So those stresses kind of compiled that it was kind of a precipitating event. There's, there's always a precipitating event, it seems, when somebody starts to gain weight, there's always some kind of a stressor, whether it's a divorce, a loss of job, uh, uh, having a child. Um, so that happened to me, and I started gaining weight, and I just kept gaining and gaining. Um, and then I tried a lot of things, Michael. I, I tried everything from Brazilian jiu-jitsu to uh, obviously Weight Watchers, which apparently uh, everyone has to do. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, personal trainer I mean I just tried a lot of things and it wasn't happening and it was really frustrated and you know when you combine that when you combine the frustration and the discouragement with you know being in basically a sugar-induced fog uh, all of a sudden life is not life anymore Mm -hmm. and I I, I was something of a a zombie essentially (laughs) Uh, and one day, fortunately I was at a seminar and I met a couple of guys who I, who I had known and they lost a lot of weight. They told me about this program. I did it. I lost a hundred pounds. I had my sister do it. She lost 35, uh, uh, cousin do it. He did well. My aunt did it. She lost 60. My mother lost over a hundred pounds herself in her seventies. That was more recently. Um, but I, I have this wonderful tool now that I can use to help people and and that's what I do professionally. I don't practice chiropractic anymore. Uh, weight loss is my entry into the health field. It's how i it's how I help people achieve their goals.
0: That's awesome so let's let's talk about this tool that you're bringing to the world.
2: Uh, sure uh, I, I mean, I think the best way to talk about it is is um, you know, to draw a distinction between what's happening out there and then what we do and what we want to accomplish because most of the time, the weight loss has been separate from actual health achievement. Oh. And I think that's, a, that's to our detriment. And if you think about all the desperate, unhealthy ways that people try to lose weight, it's everything from starvation to uh, surgeries uh, that, that bypass the digestive tract uh, to uh, drugs. I mean, you know, it's a very important topic for people. It's emotionally charged. People desperately want to lose weight, and they don't know how. Right. And they do things that ultimately make them less healthy, actually slow down the metabolism to make them more prone to gaining the weight back and more, and they end up in a worse situation and become even more discouraged and frustrated and apathetic, and they don't even want to try anymore. So our philosophy is you have to make the body healthier. Uh, it's not about weight loss per se. It's about fat loss and health attainment, right? Weight is not our enemy. Weight is uh, the exertion of a force upon the earth, essentially. It it has nothing to do with our health. Every linebacker in the NFL is overweight, and yet they're all ripped. You can see their abdominal muscles. Mm -hmm. So we have to burn fat, which means we have to make the body work more efficiently. If we liken it to an engine, if the engine is not working, then the car is just not going to go regardless. So that's ultimately what we're doing. We have a variety of ways that we do that. But just a couple of examples is this. People don't know, for example, that if they're in a state of chronic inflammation, that that will change their hormones and slow down their metabolism and lead to weight gain. Uh, people don't know that if they're not properly hydrated, if they don't have the nutrients, they can't create the energy to burn the fat. So we want to address all of these things in addition to providing good coaching, uh, which we do generally with daily texting, to help a person along through the journey. So that's our approach, and that's why we get such great results.
0: So that's where you really talk about taking control of your health. You're really not saying... um, Weight loss is a byproduct of taking control, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I love how you put that, and now this is going to become fun because now we're going to talk about some subversive things. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, And we're in a time period where we've had the opportunity to reflect. Sure. And my fear, my concern about this time period, Michael, is that the conclusion that people are going to come to is not the conclusion that, hey, we have to take more responsibility for our health. We have to take control of it. We have to make sure we're not one of the, quote-unquote, vulnerable or susceptible population mm-hmm. by building up our own immunity. My concern is that the is that the conclusion that people are going to come to is that we have to avoid people, we have to avoid life until such time as they – create some kind of a medication or vaccine that's going to save us Mm -hmm. and so so we're going to go to a state of, of relatively low responsibility which i think is going on with with individuals in general and specifically with their health right because we tend to listen to whatever anyone in a white coat says as if it's gospel yes to a state of even lower responsibility for our health and i think that's a damn shame if that's what happens
0: well, let, let's hope that it is not going in that direction. And, and what can we do? What could we do differently?
2: So what could we as individuals do differently? Sure. Or what could we as providers do?
0: Well, let's, let's, let's say both. What can we do as providers, number one? And then help people see that they actually have to accept responsibility for their own health. So what can we yeah,
2: do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I think in both both cases, just from different directions, it starts with understanding. Okay. Right? So so now you know this, right? Because, I, I, you know, you've done, I'm, I'm assuming you've done lectures in your practice, and you've spoken to hundreds of people, health providers, lay people, et cetera. And it's a, always a very interesting thing when you say to somebody, okay, you know, you'd say you want to achieve health, but what is health? How do you define it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and tell me if I'm wrong, more people than not will say it's the absence of symptoms. Absolutely. When you feel good, right? Yeah. Yep. And you and I know, and the dictionary knows, that that is not the definition of health. Correct. The definition of health is function. It's when our bodily systems are functioning correctly. Or as uh, I think Webster say, a condition of wholeness. Yes. Um, and not just the absence of disease or infirmity. So people have to understand that the suppression of symptoms is not the same as the achievement of health. Taking medications so you don't feel bad has nothing to do with building health. And in fact, over a long time, it'll take a person further away from health. So I think that's where it starts. I think everyone has to have those fundamental understandings about just what health is. Otherwise, you know, there are a lot of people out there with a lot of knowledge. They know a lot of facts, but with no understanding. Yeah, we And I, and I don't want to – I'm sorry.
0: No, we, we, we thought that it it the reason why things were the way they were is because we weren't um, getting the information out to people. And that's proven not to be true because we're living in an age where information is readily available. You don't have to go to the library yep. and do research. You can literally – go on your computer and look up anything in the world. So it is not an information problem.
2: Right. So right. It's a wisdom problem. Yes, it's a it's a it's an understanding problem. You know, now we've gone to a point where there's too much information. Mm -hmm. So it's not good if there's too little information. If there's too much information, there's overwhelm. If there's too much, you tend to rely on the quote unquote experts. I... Well, I, I got to tell you something. Most of the experts have never studied health. Most of the expert, most of the experts would flunk that test. Yes. What is health?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and I don't think, just as a matter of, just as a matter of fact, and not as a matter of judgment, I don't think you can call yourself a health professional if all you've ever studied is pathology. And this would make me very unpopular. And I have a dear friend who's an MD and i and i said that and she she was upset she she got it she understood it she's a little different in her orientation uh but that would make a lot of people very upset Mm -hmm. and they would say well who the hell is this guy to to tell me i'm not a health professional i mean look at my license it says i'm a health professional well okay good tell me something about health how does one achieve health without medications what if someone came to you as an md And you examine them, and everything was in the correct parameters. Their blood pressure, their you know, all their blood work, and you know, you said nothing's wrong, and they said, "Good, okay, I want to achieve health. Help me. What do you have for them? You know, how do you create? How do you? How can you assist the body in in self-healing and in self-regulating on an even higher level than it already does? These are questions that." That we ask; these are yes. questions that crazy holistic hippies ask, but the powers that be don't.
0: It is I, I, I say this often, but it, it, for those of us in the health and wellness arena, we ourselves have a story to tell, and most of us have overcome an obstacle. Right. To, and and it's just. Where we could have kept it to ourselves, but it's such a, it, it's primordial where we want to belong to something bigger than ourselves And we want to share it with the world. So here you, you've, you, you could have gone about your business, David, and said, my God, people are like, you look amazing. You're fantastic. You look healthy. You're functioning. You're doing this. And you could have kept it to yourself. But being who you are, there was a greater calling for you and now you're sharing this with the world
2: yeah and and, and isn't that funny michael I, I don't think either of us set out to be evangelicals <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. no but that's but that's where we that's where we find ourselves I, I mean i i think this knowledge is sorely needed hey, you know science being what it is there might come a time where we can just plug into some machine and it'll heal every, any everything And we won't have to worry about it. We won't have to take responsibility. We could eat whatever we want. We could do whatever we want, but we're not there. I mean, right now we're, you know, we have, you know, thousands of years of, of human evolution. uh, And, and the one thing that we know for certain is that the body is a self-healing, self-regulating organism. Yep. Uh, You know, it needs, it generally, it needs no help. It just needs no interference. Um. And, and And given today's world, how toxic it is, uh, the accumulation of all the stressors, physical, chemical, emotional, what's happened is that the outside world has come inside mm-hmm. and it's 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 moved things out of balance, and people like you and I exist not only to preach about restoring balance and not only to help execute it, but to give people an understanding. so these words are not meaningless. Uh, you know, when we, when we say things like health, and health has a definition, the definition is function. When we say things like balance, there's a practical application to that. The body is healthy and exists within just certain narrow parameters. Sure. Whether it's pH or temperature. Um, and, and we can just assist in, in bringing about the right conditions so the body can express health. And that's where we come into play I know Michael listen you and I are similar I mean we're, we're, we went to the same chiropractic school we both lost over a hundred pounds we're both preaching this gospel <laughs> how do you, how do you put it to people how do you help people so that they can for lack of a better phrase see the light
0: I You know, it's funny, David, after practicing for 20, and and still an active practice, but practicing for 21 years, 97, 23 years, I I first and foremost just sit and listen. I want to know what your story is. I want to make that connection so that you know I'm listening to you. And then what I look for is what are... And, and this is, you know, this is way beyond our, our 50, uh, 40, 50 minutes that we're going to talk. But I look for where your values are. So if mm-hmm. you come in and say, hey, Dr. Mike, um, I hurt my back. I can't lift my grandkids. I can't go golfing. Um, I can't uh, be with my wife. I mean, these are your values. You're telling me these things. And the, this is what's important to you. Um, and. That's the number one thing that I do in my practice. I I think I do it fairly well. Um, I always am open to learning more, but I I need to meet, when a patient comes in, I need to meet them where they are and, and wait for the opportunity for me to help them. We're partnering together in their health, in their well-being. And it's usually got it's funny part, David, is it's usually a guy will come in and let's say uh, John Q. Public, he's like 300 pounds. And John says, I threw my back out lifting up uh, the mail. I'm like, dude, what did you get in the mail that was so heavy? He's like, what? I was like, well, you, you don't have a back problem. You've got a health problem. Uh, right. I want to help you. I want to partner with you in getting healthy. So that's usually right. how we how we do things in our office but it's probably very similar to what you're what you're saying
2: well it, it is and and look at me violating that right now just getting on on a soapbox and preaching <laughs> and not necessarily respecting where people are. So uh, that's probably because that's where I am right now, right? I mean, I I need to express that. I need for people to know these things. But you're right. It's one of the things we're going against is is a person's accumulated understanding, right or wrong, that that happened, with, you know, from the time they were born. Absolutely. There is a certain larger culture out there, and it is suggesting certain things about what health is and how to achieve it. And if I come at a person in the wrong way, which is, I think, part of what you're saying, is that they're, they're going to reject what I have to say because it's, it's just different. It's not part of their reality.
0: Yeah, it's funny, David. If you know, they, they've, they've been fed all this information, and their glass is really full. And right. we've got to do something to help unfill that glass with that stuff. So that what we're saying, which is which is really the truth about health, that it has an opportunity to sink in a little bit. So what what do you do mm-hmm. like when you you wrote something um, and, and a touch point that I really wanted to hit on because I've never seen it written that way. And it just struck a, a chord with me, which I really love.
2: You, you mean I use, I use poor grammar? Is that what you saying?
0: <laughs> no, no, no! Quite the
2: opposite. Okay.
0: Quite the opposite. <laughs> um, what, how do you go about finding joy in the creation of health? Because I've never seen that written before anywhere, and I love how that I love how that feels to me. So, what do you do about? finding joy in the creation of health.
2: Uh, yeah. So this is also an awesome question and it goes back to kind of the, the basis of, of how we operate and okay. how we've learned to operate. And I, I think the problem is this, is we're talking about, you know, taking responsibility and we're talking about creating health. We have to understand health is not an event. Health is a journey. And It requires, essentially, surrendering surrendering to that journey, um, accepting it as a journey. And what I mean by that is this, is that more often than not, when a person comes to see us, it's to handle an immediate problem.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: When a person comes to see me, they're unhappy, they're miserable about their weight, it's affecting their health, it's affecting their quality of life. They want to lose the weight. They want it as fast as possible. There's no joy in the process. In fact, there's resentment. They have to do this, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm going to put some constraints on their freedoms, on their on their enjoyments, and and so they're doing it for not the not the joy of doing it, not for the process. They're doing it solely for the goal, and I think that that's a strategy ultimately for failure, because. If they find that they go a couple of days and the scale doesn't move, it's very easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. because they've never tried to find the joy of the process. And I'm not saying it's easy to find the joy of the process. Uh, I struggle with it myself. It's onerous to live a healthful lifestyle in our society. It is. Right? I mean, we, we have to... Buy the right food. We have to prepare it. We have to eat it. We have to say no to things. I mean, but if a person looks, if a person becomes aware of the of of the process, of their resentments, of the things that they're fighting and how they're fighting and sabotaging themselves, I think it's possible to find to find the joy in eating healthful food, in the, the feeling of lightness and 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 breathing and. I think it's possible to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I, I don't promise anyone a rose garden, but but that's the goal. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wanted to win more than anyone else, but he was fully process oriented. He loved the whole thing, you know. He loved just the competition for the competition, and the best ones always do that, and that's what we're we're trying to help people with when we can
0: (laughs) oh absolutely you you know the interesting thing is and and i heard it on um i heard it on tim ferris's podcast when we set a goal the 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 goal is not the object the object is to become the person who achieves that goal right and and I heard that it's just like when, when you when you wrote that down, like there are certain times in our lives when we come into the when, when something strikes a chord in us, and when when you wrote that, it was very similar for me. It's like that's just brilliant way of looking at it, finding joy in the creation of health. And right. you're right, yeah. it, it is not easy, David. It is it is it's far from easy. We're bombarded. By food uh commercials, by billboards by every everywhere we look and and it's really, really unhealthy stuff, so I love mm-hmm. that I love that
2: thank you well i and i I think what you said was very profound in that you know the the glass is full right and it's full yeah. with you know misinformation mm-hmm. and 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 things that were conditioned into us and all of that. And we we have to empty it to some degree because in in our hyper competitive society, I I think the joy of just doing things for the sake of doing them has been lost. We study to get to get a grade, Mm -hmm. you know, to get into a better school, not to learn. Uh, You know, we 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 resent having to study sometimes, you know, uh, we eat right and we exercise to lose weight, to look good. So it's always some a goal that's outside of us. It's always something extrinsic. And, and, again, if we can just find a way to make it more about the process and more about that journey, the results will come. And that takes faith. And this is another non-scientific, you know, uh, religious concept. Um, but I remember once I went to a dojo. Uh, and there was, a, there was a sign on the wall, and I, and I haven't been able to find this yet again. I've, I've kind of looked for it online. But it said something to the effect of training is primarily a matter of faith. You have to know that when you do the right actions and you do them repetitively, that it's going to lead to improvement. And I, I thought that was really well put. It struck me in the, in the way that you were saying yep. you know, that Ferris's quote and what I said struck you. I think that's really well done. And and this is a process. I guess um, you know is there is there a way? I mean, is that something that you try to create with your clients? And what have you found that's been successful in it? Because this is you know this is our journey also, right? We keep trying to find better ways to accomplish the same goals.
0: Well, it's. Great, great, great question, and yes. So with myself, I am a voracious reader. I have literally read um, or listened to thousands of books. And what I chose to do was that I would, in the very beginning, when I first started my weight loss and getting healthier... And really, it was to get healthier. the The objective was to be an active participant in my children's lives. This started when they were born. Mm. When they were seven, they're now Emma's seventeen and Jack is sixteen. And I bought a used elliptical machine, and I would not allow myself to read unless I was on the elliptical trainer. And I have logged thousands upon thousands, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands. Of steps on that elliptical trainer. Now I've taken that a, a step further. In um, my values are health, family, education, both teaching and learning, um, and and uh, financial abundance. I have taken that a step further. In I do a lot a, a lot of walking these days, but I do not walk unless I am listening to a podcast. A class, a journal, journaling something. I make sure I tie my values into what's important for me. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I've taken that that faith. I know, I know that if I put the time in, I'm going to find joy in getting healthier, because it 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 sits with my values. It is it is congruent. That's the, that's the word I'm looking for.
2: Wow, you know the, the, that's so important, right? I mean, when do we feel really bad? It's when we fail ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
2: when we do something that that's incongruent i th- I think that's really you know, if you can combine that with the understanding that you're imperfect, right? Because how Absolutely. many of us go down you know this guilt spiral, right we we, we we want to eat healthy, it's important to us, we're doing it not only for ourselves, but we're doing it to become better people, we're doing it for our families, uh, to live long fulfilling lives, and then we find ourselves out and we eat something that we know we're not supposed to. Now all of a sudden there's this, you know, self-critical guilt spiral that we descend down and and we want to give up. And the next day it's easier, you know, I, well I already screwed up, well why why don't I keep going? So I think if we can combine that, you know, the the being congruent Mm -hmm. without forcing it with the with the wanting to, there's the power of choice inherent in that. Yes. Uh, With with being kind to ourselves. I think there we have a pretty good formula. Thank you for that.
0: Oh, absolutely. So talk to me. um, Talk to me about some of the barriers that you see to weight loss and and really how to how to overcome them. I think we just started Mm. to touch on this, but talk to me about that.
2: Well, you know, now – so now we're getting into this thing that I created called the Thin Test. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of the Thin Test is to to help raise people's awareness about what their barriers are. It turns out that the barriers are pretty finite. There's not an infinite number of barriers um and they they come down to just a just a few things right i mean there are environmental factors that could get in our way mm-hmm. uh if you have a spouse who tends to sabotage or you uh have a family that's all about eating uh you know there are uh, there's understanding if you don't have the right understanding uh, you know if you think in an extreme example that potato chips are the way to get healthy and lose weight you know then you're you're off from the very outset there's physiological factors obviously we need a, a, a functioning metabolism um, you know, there's the ability to accept help from others. Believe it or not, that's a big one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, uh, to, to be humble enough to just know that we don't know it all and some expert help is a good thing. So uh, that's what this test does. It's able to help a person identify their barriers because here's the, here's the thing that we have to understand. It's just like in an organization. Let's say there's an organization that has a great Salesforce and they have, you know, fantastic marketing uh, and they're very sound financially, but their ability to deliver the product is poor, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a bar graph, all of these things are high. They're on an eight or nine out of 10. And then their ability to deliver what they promise is poor. It's at a two. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Well, the organization could rise no higher than that lowest point, it will drag down just like an anchor. Sure. And it's the same thing with people. If, if you have the right understanding, and you're motivated, and you have all of those other factors going for you, but physiologically your metabolism is just off, it's just broken, well you can't rise higher than that. And those are the people who cry to us. Sure. Who say, I've done everything, I do everything right, and I can't lose weight. Or conversely, if if you if your metabolism is fine, but you're a uh, you know, and you're and you're motivated, but you know you have a poor understanding, then you can't rise higher than that poor understanding. I mean, how many people say to you, Doc, I eat so healthy, and then they tell you what they eat, and it's not so healthy. It is not so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's the idea of this to find out what the biggest barriers are, and then to be able to create, and a person could do it with our help, a person uh, hopefully could do it on their own, but to be able to come up with strategies to overcome those weakest links. And, and if a person can do that, then they have a chance. Yes, <laughs> they have absolutely. a chance to succeed.
0: Absolutely. Um, where is the thin test available for public? Is there, is there a website for that?
2: Yeah, well, the, it's my website. It's fintech-weightloss. Okay. fintech-weightloss.com. And if you go there, there's a link to, to the fin test. There's no charge for doing it. Uh, you know, a person could do it, and it, you know, they'll they'll get the the printout of it. Uh, and then at that point, it's up to them. They could they could look for themselves, or they can give us a call, and and you know, we'll be happy to have a conversation.
0: Awesome. I will put that in the show note, folks, so that you can go on there and and take that test. That would be awesome. Thank you for that. So, talk to me. Um, we, you 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 hit on a couple of the uh, finite factors in people not doing so well. So, there's environmental, there's physiological, and there's ability to accept help from others. Did did we cover them all? Well,
2: well, no. There's a few more. There's uh, so motivation, understanding. Those are some other categories.
0: Okay. okay cool. Uh, I uh, for 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 your sake, David. I take notes during all my interviews. I'm just trying <laughs> to ca- trying to catch up. Um. All right. So, let's talk. There's. I, I'm very cognizant of your time. Um, I no, just, no, no. I'm
2: cool. This is a. This is a. But don't forget we're living in the quarantine time. Well, <laughs> I have to be at work at three o'clock. I mean I, <laughs> you,
0: you, and I bo- you and I both.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: so how how do we go about like finding hope after after hardship
2: You know it it <laughs> Oh there's a there's a big question, right? I mean yeah. Listen, we were we were talking about the fact that everything's kind of a game yeah. and inherent in, in the game of life is hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, sometimes we're, we think that we're immune from that, that it's not going to happen, but it happens to everybody. Nobody gets out alive. Nobody gets out, uh, without any travail. So the question is, and again, it's going to be cliche, but if we can get more into the mechanisms, then we can give people something that they can apply is is not how many times you fall, but it's how many times you get up. Absolutely. From what I've seen personally and with with other people, is it's it's not always easy to get up. Sometimes you, there's a there's just a timeout. You know, some people just have the ability to just bounce up every time they go down. And sometimes people uh, are so wounded, I guess, um, mm-hmm. you know, metaphorically, sure. that it's just hard to get up. Uh, I think at those times, um, it's it's good to just get outside, and walk. You were talking about walking. Mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to do that, especially now, to look out at the environment to see that it's not as scary as maybe we built it up. Uh, to see that there are good things, there are birds chirping, and there there are, you know there's a breeze going through the the leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, to get out of our own heads. I, I, I think that's where it starts. There was a funny thing someone said years ago, and it's uh, a play on a on a cliched expression, which is a mind is a terrible thing to have. <laughs> uh, and and I and I think that's true. Sometimes our attention gets so introverted, right? We're looking inside at our own worries and problems, and it's so hard to disengage from that. And, and the first step, as a first step, if you could just pull yourself off the couch, get outside and look out at things then and, and be patient with yourself, ultimately, you start actually seeing those things, right? Your attention goes from the worries to the world, which is where it should be. You know, that's, that's where the game is played. So I, I think that that's a good step. And I think... There's a couple of things. So this gets into something we haven't discussed, which is the elephant in the room now, which is this crazy-ass world we're living in.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) I've been begging people since the beginning of this. um, My clients, I've been making videos. We actually started a Facebook group to help people through this time. It's called the Coronation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been begging people to do two things. One, ignore the news.
0: Amen. Ignore
2: the news. Amen. It doesn't matter how strong a person is mentally. When you're inundated with that kind of negativity, it's really hard, you know, to be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is to get out and walk daily and look at look at the environment because we've been led to believe that we are in a really, really dangerous environment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And And when a person is in a dangerous environment where they conceive themselves to be there's only a couple of strategies one is to be angry and to hit out Mm -hmm. and we've seen evidence of that right of late yep and another is to go into a fetal position yep and one of my concerns now and the and the reason if i could express uh, something that really pissed me off sure is the there was a, a medical expert considered the expert of experts these days and he suggested that the answer going forward forget about even this time period right that this is not an isolated time he said the answer going forward is to wash our hands obsessively and to never shake anybody's hand ever again <laughs> right i was so incensed by that because what he was doing is is essentially is, is throwing out all context, and saying that we have to avoid people, we have to avoid the environment. He was spreading fear more than he was spreading a message of hope and of strength from within. This guy, by the way, is an immunologist, right? So theoretically, he studied the human immune system, which is mm-hmm. what needs to be built up now, so we're not susceptible. And he was saying, well, we have to avoid everything presumably we can't make love anymore Mm -hmm. uh you know uh, dancing i can only imagine this guy he's he's italian i can only imagine him at an italian wedding right sitting in the corner while everyone else is doing the tarantella and hugging and kissing each other (laughs) i mean that is not a world that we want to live in
0: it is not it is not (laughs) it's avoidance right absolutely
2: so again i'm on my soapbox uh, and I lost my point frankly. so I, I, if you could help me out, I'd appreciate it. Uh, but
0: the, the two things ignore the news and get out and, and walk daily. I do but, but the one thing uh, here, here's something I heard um, one of my one of my distance mentors and uh, quite frankly, somebody who helped me lose the weight was is Rob Wolf. He's been on the podcast multiple times. Um, But here's a scary, here's a scary thought. Babies that were born during this period that are in the ICU or the NICU, they've not seen a human face. Mm. And this is a scary, scary proposition for for this generation, where we know, we know our science has shown that, that, Human beings need to see the face of their mother. They haven't even seen their mother; right. they've only right. seen the nurses covered head to toe. This is really, right. this is really sad. Mm-hmm. And if we listen, and they need touch, and they need affection, and affection, touch and, affection right. and and they're getting none of this. It's time, you know. I, I don't want to get on my soapbox, <laughs> but I, I agree with it's, you it's everything fine. you said, David. Everything. Um, ignore the news and get out and walk get out right. and enjoy nature and everything to me seems more vibrant when I look at nature now I think it's just a greater appreciation um, for nature I live I live at the beach I work in I work in the city um, I've started at lunchtime I go for a walk on the brand-new Bayonne Bridge, which is a walkway that's 12 feet wide, and every day there's 40 to 50 people up there. Um, And I get the, the most remarkable views... Of, of New York City and Staten Island and, and Bayonne, and I get out and I walk. I walk uh, the dog every night. We walk for an hour. We walk on the beach. We walk in the water. We do all these things, and there's there's just the world. They, them out there, the the news people, they want you to think that the world's a big, scary place.
2: Yeah, and and when, and again, I'm not sure, and I, I certainly have those thoughts, and I'm not sure what their intentions are, and 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 they're probably not monolithic. I just know in practice that that is what can happen. Nothing, nothing else can happen, uh, you know. So, so we do have to now. Now, this is interesting also because this is not an easy task. I've had this conversation with many people. Like I, I used the words before, I've begged people to to stop watching the news. Because it's hard to disengage. And I think that's for two reasons. One of them is, is just a misunderstanding about the fact that, well, you need to be informed. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody needs to be informed to that level. And, and, <laughs> and I even challenged someone. I said, I guarantee you, if you're watching a particular news program and you turn it off and then in two weeks you turn it back on, they're going to be on the same set. <laughs>
0: very true,
2: very true. And then, yeah. the, and then the other thing is something emotional. I think there's this emotional thing. It's like the you know the car wreck thing. Yeah, it's like you have to look, and you can and, and people can't pull themselves away. It takes it takes strength. It takes discipline. You know, you don't have. You're going to hear it anyway. You're going to hear it from your mother. You're going to hear it from you know all your obnoxious cousins, and yeah. uh, it's going to come up on your news feeds. But but get away um, and and walk and look at things and then the, I I think the third strategy uh, is is try to reframe this time period uh, right because great, yeah. yes it, it it's a nightmare but there's so much opportunity yes now you know uh, learn learn a language uh, <laughs> clean out your garage I mean there's so and and people have been doing this they've been doing this innately. Without being encouraged to, some people have, um, but but use it as an opportunity to be stronger on the other side. But don't hold your breath now. I don't think people should hold their breath at any times. So I think I think life should still be lived. Um, and I'm personally not at the point of civil disobedience yet. This is the plan that we've been given. It makes sense from a from a, you know certain perspectives, um, but it it has to be contextual. Uh, I personally, you know, I cannot live avoiding people and avoiding life, or at least I don't want to. And uh, and I don't think anybody can.
0: I, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. Well, David, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and, and share with the world. Um, is there any parting words you have for our audience?
2: <laughs> parting words? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, like parting gifts. That's it. Um, and I think I said most of what I needed to say. I mean, I, I the last parting word I, I would say is, is this, we've had the opportunity to, I think, appreciate uh, things more than we have in the past. Um, you know, the fact that we haven't seen people makes us long to see them, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: um, And, but the other thing that's needed now is, as the world gets further and further apart, and communication is done over, you know, uh, technological platforms, uh, by not seeing people, by not having that direct communication, it seems like we have more license to act in a way that's less than kind. Mm. And I and I think that you know, given the given the distance, right, social distance, mm. uh, which is an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Uh, <laughs> but 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 given that distance and the and the anonymity that technology affords us um and you know and the schisms that uh, apparently exist in society i think civility and kindness and by the way anybody who i grew up with if they heard me talking like this <laughs> they would say this dude is full of crap because we know him <laughs> but uh, but and and we're from new jersey right but yeah. I think, I think those things now are so massively important, uh, society could rip apart at the seams. Um, we, you know, if, if you look at the factors, if you take a group of people who are used to, to socially interacting, who are used to having an income, uh, and, and you separate them, and you take away the ability to have an income, and you uh, replace that with fear,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then really bad things can happen. Uh, And that's that's been a concern of mine. And uh, the good news, though, is we do have choice. And the choice is to to be kinder, to be more civil, to accomplish more, um, to get some things done that we wouldn't get done otherwise, to get out, to look at the environment, to smell the air. Uh, These things will will improve things. And there is a choice. So that's I guess those are my parting words.
0: I love it. I love it. Hey, David, it was really great having you on the show. Um, Folks, if you like what you heard, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It helps us to help others find the work we're doing and have great guests like Dr. David Rendelstein on the show and the work that he's doing. So I'd really appreciate a five-star review. Um, Folks, everything that we talked about will be in the show notes. Uh, Please go over to uh, ThinTech-WeightLoss.com and take the Thin Test. Uh, that will be in the show notes as well. David, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, everybody.
2: Thank you, Michael.
1: So here's some more specifics. Our August Supplement of the Month is Vitamin C Boost. It is a blend of vitamin C, both as ascorbic acid and in the natural food source, the acerola cherry. Vitamin C is crucial for immune function and collagen production. It can help you sleep by lowering cortisol at night and is particularly important for cigarette smokers. We've added in grapeseed extract, glutathione, and zinc to truly make this a -a one-of-a-kind vitamin C supplement. For the entire month of August, if you use the code lowercase B-O-O-S-T-10, boost 10. You will receive 10% off this incredible new formulation. You can pick it up at our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com or if you're local, you can pick it up at the office. Just mention the code. The August book of the month is The Serpent and the Butterfly, The Seven Laws of Healing by Dr. Ben Reeves. This is a really profound, easy book to read. You can listen to Dr. Mike interview Dr. Ben on the July 20th BYWG podcast. Our highlighted program for august is from our friend soul inspired girl dr laura foster the program is called reclaim your voice and the 15 percent discount code for our listeners is capital b y w g reclaim your voice is a 21 day online series for women who seek to speak their absolute truth with more confidence courage and conviction the program begins august 10th The link will be in the podcast show notes and weekly emails. Included will also be an invitation for female listeners to join the private Facebook group called Soul Inspired Girl, a space for heart-led women. And mind you, girl is not spelt with an I, it's spelt with a U. Thanks for listening, and as always, be awesome and never unawesome.